So I'd like to welcome everybody back to the Stories from Southwest Virginia podcast. Today we're going to be talking with an artisan from around the mountain, joining us here from Christiansburg, Virginia. And he makes some very interesting art pieces. They're actually wooden snakes, and they're very beautiful pieces that we have on display here at the Cultural Center in Abingdon. And I'm going to let him take a moment just to introduce himself to everybody listening. Definitely got some great stories to tell today. And I'll just turn it over. Great. Thank you so much for having me. This is exciting. Um, let me tell you a little bit about me. My name is Henry Dahan. Uh, I was born in Canada. Uh, then with my parents, I moved early on to Vienna, Austria, went to boarding school, and eventually, like most Europeans, uh, I traveled to uh, America. Studied architecture and uh, moved a little bit around from the east to the west coast. And currently, um, maybe because of my wife, we returned back to the region. Uh, after 19 years in Kentucky, seven years in California, we're back in Virginia, and we are delighted to be here. And I'm currently holding a full professorship in architecture at the University of Virginia in Blacksburg. Well, that's excellent. It sounds like you've definitely explored lots of different parts of the world, and maybe maybe tell us about some of those experiences. What it was like? How how does the art differ from, say, the Southwest Virginia region from other places you've been to? Well, one tells me I'm a nomad, and I don't know what that means. I always thought, as an architect, I need to have some kind of footing. But uh, regarding the um, folk art, I think it's um, because we lived in Kentucky 19 years and we started to court and be interested in folk art. And we are collectors. We have no kids, so Mm -hmm. we just collect art. And uh, long and behold, uh, when we came back to uh, or when we moved to Virginia, uh, we have a very nice property and there are a lot of sticks roaming around. And we just decided what would happen if I could do folk art. I never thought. So as an architect, you think you're an artist, but eventually you make buildings. Mm -hmm. But I never thought ultimately beyond drawing and and doing snakes. And why snakes is because uh, these were maybe the easiest thing to do. And they're different sizes, different colors, different shapes. And I did one or two for, for ourselves. And long and behold, I did some longer ones. And some friends wanted some, uh, so there are collections maybe around Lexington with my sister in in Switzerland, in New York, in California, San Diego. So a little bit, it, it just it just happened. So everyone mm-hmm. says, I really want to do that. It just happened. Yeah, and and you were showing us earlier kind of the process how you make the snakes, and I think it's really neat because you make the snakes out of uh, of sticks, and and they like you were saying they vary in different sizes and things, and I think that's wonderful because it's great representation of actual snakes you see in nature so it makes them have more of that uh um that connection back to nature because you're using absolutely Uh, although i don't know if i care for snakes but there's something fascinating i think as humans we're all fascinated with snakes as i mentioned before what i typically do is i'm just attracted to uh, a branch and then i literally throw it in the yard or on the grass and see how it 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 gives the impression of moving. Then I can say, oh yes, mm-hmm. that's a snake, or maybe not. And sometimes I say, okay, let me make the branch a little bit smaller. And then there's a process of removing the bark, uh, sanding it slowly, then really making it very nice, putting a first coat of white on. Typically, I wouldn't do that now. I was a little bit concerned about the color, how it uh, would adhere. And then I just start giving a base, let's say a blue. Then I maybe make dots, maybe stripes, and maybe a stripe which is a different color. And then eventually I come to polyurethane them because some of my friends wanted them uh, a little bit more, um, how should I say, um, slick in a certain Mm -hmm. way instead of just matte. And they hold better outside. And then basically I hang them on a kind of plastic O-ring or rubber O-ring. And uh, there are different ways of doing it. I can put them flat, you can put them in compositions, you can hang them, but they become a little bit your, your adorable little pets at home. 
Yeah, and, and we, that's what we were looking at earlier is how different ways you can present these. I mean, Absolutely. it could go as far as you know, laying these on a mantle or, or like you were saying, hanging them from the ceiling or a wall or anything. So there's, there's a lot of great ways to represent them. And I think it's really fascinating, as you were saying, you know, you're an architect and you also create these snakes. So uh, as far as the, the architecture side of things go, what are, what are some of the design processes that inspire you? Uh, when you're working on those type of designs? Well, I think uh, I'm an architect and I'm also an educator, so I have to balance those two things and I'm Mm -hmm. really passionate about it. I decided somewhere in my life that I did not need to have one more Henry DeHaan building. I prefer to have 5,000 buildings through my students. Mm -hmm. I think what is important is maybe the process, and we always think of the process as something very uh, methodical. You go from here to here to here. That is true. But I do think like in architecture and when you teach and when you also make architecture, it relies also on intuition. And I'd like to just maybe promote that a lot of artists that I know and, and really cherish you can talk as much as you want about it. There's an intuition. It's between your heart and your mind, and you just do it. And I think that's what is fascinating because the nice thing is you never know what's going to happen. It could be a nice snake, and sometimes, like I, I say, when we cook, we'd love to cook, and otherwise we know the Domino 1-800 number, and we just throw <laughs> everything out and just do it. <laughs> yeah, and, and I can relate to that. Uh, my artistic sense comes from photography, and, nice. and a lot of times I find when I go out to to find a photo to create. I really don't. Usually it finds me. And uh, I think some of the best photos I've ever taken have actually been accidents. And I go out and snap a photo. I'm like, well, that's not going to work. And I get home and it's the best one. That's interesting. Uh, I'm writing a number of blogs on my webpage and I'm trying to move to this idea of improvisation but also this idea that I found in Kentucky for 19 years, the shakers. And I'm, I'm mm-hmm. not saying my snakes are shaker-like, because certainly they didn't do that, but the idea of a calling. And what interests me is, the what does this branch want to be? Unfortunately, it passed away. It's now in my yard. Mm-hmm. And instead of just recycling it, I'm just basically creating art out of it. So my idea is, what branch, what would you like to be? And I suspect branch, I'd like to be a snake. And now I have to decide what colors and what shapes and all those things. That's a wonderful way to look <laughs> at it. I, I think that's interesting. And, and it's kind of like, you know, you're, you're, you're taking something that has died and, and giving it yeah. life again. And it gets to continue on for many years to come and as, as this great piece. And I think when you can incorporate nature into what you're creating is a very wonderful thing to do. That's one of my favorite things to photograph is actually natural scenes. Uh, it, just to kind of be able to share those things with the rest of the world that maybe can't experience them in a certain way, I think it's a great thing that is we this, can do. It's your point of view in a certain yeah, way. and it and is. However, I suspect as a photographer, you, you have a sense of perception of what you want, but they're also happy accidents. Yes. And that's what I think is so magic in art is, is just it just comes and then someone enjoys it and loves it, falls in love with it or says maybe not now. Uh, but I think uh, personally, I cannot live without art. And um, as an architect, many people have assisted me, trusted me. And I feel that uh, I would love that uh, friends and, and, and other people would be the custodians of these to make them happy. That's what art should be. Art is definitely a very important thing in, in all of our lives. And sometimes we, you know, may, might overlook art, but we, we it's everywhere, you know, from the homes that we live in to the, the decor in, in, inside of our homes to even our cars. Even, you know, Absolutely, somebody sat yes. down and took time to design <laughs> that vehicle from head to toe. So, uh, you know, art is one of those beautiful things that can be interpreted in so many ways. And, and whether we're talking about painting or photography or, or what have you, 
everybody has that own impression. Think about a painter, for example. Everybody can be told, you know, paint a picture of a particular scene, and every single picture is going to look different because yeah, you it's interpret all it. on that interpretation. Doesn't say the art is in the eye of the beholder or something like that? Yes, I think that is um, the phrase. And then uh, I think what is so interesting, and I'm not so sure about your art, mine, I just feel it's, it's more vernacular, it's more indigenous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think there is, um, I'm not going to say photography is just high art, uh, but I, I personally consider it something of a real piece of art. Are these snakes art? I think they're folk art. And so it has this, this inherent tradition that I have inherited, mm-hmm. looking at artists, knowing artists in Kentucky, and I just want to give a try on that. And I, th- I think you're, you're right about that. And, and when I look at handcrafted art, because, you Absolutely, know, yeah. photography is different. I go out and take a photo and sure there's editing processes I can do. Uh, and if you look back to the darkroom and film days, it was a lot more hands on. But to see something somebody's crafted with their hands, whether they're painting or carving out of wood, it, it just astonishes me at how amazing these <laughs> creations actually are. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating. Uh, and sometimes you're kind of disappointed and I never repaint a snake. I just say it's a mistake, and then mm-hmm. I keep it at home. Uh, not saying that I have many mistakes at home, um, but it's all about intuition, colors, and uh, we had a previous conversation of maybe making smaller ones. Mm-hmm. Maybe that would be uh, of an interest for a kid. Uh, I did some for my uh, a friend's kid. So there are all different ways of, 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 of looking at that. And and with these mistakes, a lot of times I, I view those as more of like, say, like an imperfection. And I think a lot of times when we're seeking things, like at least like a handmade good, it's those little imperfections that separate them from those cookie cutter things you'd see off an assembly line. That's so, so important, especially in the 20th century. We all belong to the 20th century and the digital world is here, the Facebook and all those medias. But there's something very, if I may say, very sensuous about that. You can almost caress it. Mm-hmm. And it feels part of the nature. And, and I think we miss it. And maybe these snakes give us a little bit um, a call to order. There, there's something still beautiful in nature. Yeah, and I was, I was watching this short documentary the other day about how, as, as the world and society, we go through these different stages. And they say that there's about four different stages that we transpose through every 80 or so years. Uh-huh. And, and right now we're in what they call the crisis stage. And we've been in it for, I'd say, 10 or 15 years or so now. But after this stage is when you start going through that kind of reconstruction and, and the awakening where art starts to prevail again. And I think... We're kind of already starting to see that overlap happen, is especially with everything that's gone on over the past year or, or even 10 years, is that people are looking to things like the arts as, as a way of comfort. A lot, I know a lot of my friends that are artists uh, saw last year as a pretty successful year because where people weren't going out and spending as much, they were investing into art to you know decorate their homes or, or just to help their, their psyche. So. That's interesting that you say that. I have always believed um, it might be a preconception that art is a little bit the secure uh, the kind of um, security valve of society mm-hmm. and and when there's a crisis like in Chinese one says it's a crisis and an opportunity we always rely to art because there's something very human about it there's something about the craftsmanship the sanding the polishing something that you can recognize historically there's a legacy and and i think art is always doing that element beyond pleasure it just it gives us a sense of belonging somewhere yeah, and I think uh, art speaks to us all in, in different ways because, you know, my taste in art might be different from yours or someone else's. And I have a friend, she's an artist, and she paints these beautiful uh, pictures. They're more of like, like human forms. So you can't really tell much. You just see like silhouettes more so. But there's 
there's something about them for me that draws me in. It, it connects with me on an emotional level. It, it tells a story to me. And in reality, it's just colors and, and, and silhouettes. That's interesting. Going back just to the snakes, I have always questioned, should I imitate the snakes? So I have looked at the web pages and all that and say, oh, mm-hmm. there's these snakes in Amazon. There's this red one, this poisonous one, all those. And I just thought it should be playful. So all the little dots and lines, it's just intuition. I'm just doing them. But maybe one day I'll try to just say, can I imitate a snake? But then the question is, where does art art belong? Is it the imitation mm-hmm. of nature or is it an interpretation through the eyes and the sense and the sensitivity and the heart of, a, of an artist. Mm-hmm. I'm not yet sure about that. Yeah, I think for me, it, it, it's all about the expression from within. Yes. At least that's yeah. how I've tried to utilize my art over the years because the parts of my photography I would actually classify as art or more in like my self-portraits because it's, a, you know, I, I can tell you how I feel or, or how I'm getting through certain things in life. But for me to really show you is a different thing. You know, I can't let you inside my mind to read it, but I can try to depict my thoughts through self-portrait photography. So that was something I worked on for a while. So I I feel like, at least from my perspective, that was my way of expressing myself through my art so others could connect with me on a different level. So just a personal question. When you do uh, a portrait, Mm -hmm. may I assume that you also, the second portrait, the third one, is a kind of iteration or is it always a new way of seeing something? So I try to set it up in a few different scenes. So they, they all fit in a common theme, uh, but each one is individual to a certain aspect. Maybe okay, one yeah. image is depicting uh, a, a loss in my life or, or one is depicting um, a, 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 an awakening or a new moment in, in life. So each one is, is a little bit different, kind of the same way you're doing your snakes. You know, Each one has its own personality and its own feel and its own playfulness to it, if you will. We were talking of colors, so I don't know if you do black and white photography or colors. Mm-hmm. Is there a major difference as an artist for you? Or? A, a little bit. Um, personally, for me, I, I tend to stick more with color, even though when I first started, I started in black and white film photography, uh, processed everything by hand in the dark room. The and, Ilford and uh, all those. <laughs> loved it. it. It was the greatest thing. Still would do it today if it wasn't so expensive and scarce. Uh, for a while, it looked like it was starting to come back which excited me, but there, there hasn't quite been the interest from newcoming photographers to, to dabble in it. I, I even remember, uh, I'm sure you might have heard of Ansel Adams. Oh, absolutely, yeah. yes, magic. Uh, so uh, he inspired me to actually get into the big 8x10 cameras for a while. Amazing. So shooting on these large pieces of film, and, and it was unlike any other experience. And, and that's why I think I look up to artists that, that paint or carve or woodworking, anything, because of that hands-on experience you have, it's it's so much different now in the digital world. I, I kind of almost, in some ways, look at digital photography like having machine create things. Because there there is a lot of work. I mean, it, at the end of the day, it's a t- it's a tool. Uh, a camera is no more better in my hands than than a ha- hammer is to a carpenter. If you don't know how to use the tool, but behind each camera yeah. is a very clever eye. Exactly. And I think that's yeah. we we forget about that. Um, yeah, I, I think these are interesting in, interesting topics, what, what art is, and you said it's in the kind of eye of the beholder, mm-hmm. uh, the colors and all those things. Um, but I think what is important, and I see all these wonderful artists with whom I'm just uh, honored to be with, and everyone is, is truthfully expressing something. Again, this kind mm-hmm. of inner sense, I'm not going to say this religion, something about the religion, but I feel that there is something of 
how should I say that, it's almost like very private and suddenly it becomes public. Yeah, it's, it's, it's almost like a, a piece of them has been put yes. into the art. And that's one of the things I love about coming to the center and being able to work here is being surrounded by this. I mean, oh, it every day, it just yes. makes me so inspired to create myself. So Yeah, I'd love to own everything, but uh, I, yeah. I don't have a big house like you have here. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I could only wish my home was this big to be able to fill it with amazing art pieces. But uh, And as far as... Uh, Talking about your art and stuff, I know you were sharing with me your website. Is is that one of the best places that someone might be interested in learning more about yourself and your artwork would would find out the information? Absolutely. Uh, I had a web page where I started it many many years ago when I was living in California. Mm -hmm. And now I'm trying to just be part of the 21st century and I see with students I'm doing blogs. So there may be more architectural, but um, architecture for me is about also art. I have a lot of blogs on food, uh, which is kind of interesting. I have an Instagram also. Uh, but I would say that would be the first place, line of defense, to know a little bit about me. Uh, I, I'm, why I was so interested in photography? Because I'm having a big problem of how to photograph, ultimately, my snakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they have a sense of spatial qualities, but then you miss, ultimately, the, de- the detail. Uh, and I know you were, we were talking a little bit about that, that afterwards. So the pictures are maybe not the best, um, but I have some uh, on my webpage under news, and that's where I would put them. Otherwise, you have a gallery, mm-hmm. and you have underneath the gallery you have snakes. And there's some of my um, pets, I call them. They're like 10 feet long, so we put them on our porch. Yeah. And I mentioned to you I did an albino snake, which is all white, a little bit vicious, but he's, he's, he's my dear friend now. That's excellent. Yeah, I was looking through the website here and see some of those photos, and, and I like how you've incorporated some, like you said, on the porch and, and even out in, like, in the yard, and it looks like there's some, is that like the bark of a tree? Uh, yes, uh, I, I hung them on the bark uh, because I, I needed the background, and suddenly the bark and the snake is, do you know some snakes just fade away, you just say, is there a snake or not a snake? Yeah. And I said, oh, it's a, it's a different way of representing them. Mm-hmm. So we were talking of uh, they can be on the mantles, you can hang them, you can put them all together. Uh, my wife and I, we tend to recently, maybe recently for a year, put them together. And you see one is, is almost a precious piece of art. You put two, three, suddenly it becomes a collection. They all, they all talk to each other, light bounces back, they have different colors, different shapes. And like it's, it's, it's done by nature, they hang with gravity, and there's something magic about it. There really is, and, and looking at those, it really puts them in that natural uh, habitat and environment, and just lovely work. So if anybody is listening, uh, definitely be sure to check the show notes. I'll have links to the website and the social media pages that was mentioned here today, so that way you can be sure to go and check out some of this amazing work. And if you're in Abingdon, be sure you stop by the Cultural Center and Marketplace, and definitely come see some of these snakes on display here. I promise they won't bite you, but they would make definitely beautiful pieces to add to your collection so is there any final words you'd like to say to everybody listening today i just want to say this has been a delightful moment i'm always enthusiastic to share some thoughts on art and i do highly recommend that this is one of the most beautiful places i have ever seen i have been in kentucky in california this is so welcoming and the art here is provocative but also 
uh, waiting all for new Castonians and new owners. So thank you so much for this wonderful treat. Well, I'm so glad to hear that. And, and, and it's definitely inspiring to hear that as many places you've traveled, this still remains a very beautiful place on the list. So, well, thank you so much for joining me today. And for everybody listening, definitely be sure to check those links out in the show notes and uh, pay some of this work a, a great visit. We'd love to see you here at the Cultural Center. And I'm sure Henry would like to see you uh, on his website. So everybody listening, have a great day and be safe exploring Southwest Virginia.